0: Hi, I'm Zivy Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me, Every single day, 365 days a year, for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop Gretchen Rubin is the author of many, many books, including The Happiness Project, Happier at Home, and The Four Tendencies. The subtitle of that is The Indispensable Personality Profiles That Reveal How to Make Your Life Better and Other People's Lives Better, too. Her latest book is Life in Five Senses, How Exploring the Senses Got Me Out of My Head and Into the World. She recently went to Zippy's Bookshop to sign stock, which means sign copies of books. So if you are looking for a signed copy of a Gretchen Rubin book, you can head over to Zippy's Bookshop in Santa Monica or order online at Zivi'sBookshop.com. Com. Anyway, so this episode is kind of funny because I recorded it in July of 2022, but I am just releasing it now because it got stuck on one of my computers and I couldn't figure out my password. And finally, my son, my little son, who's eight, figured it out for me and we got it off the computer. And anyway... <laughs> Here it is, a little bit late, but it doesn't matter because what books don't age, right? So, for those of you who don't know about Gretchen, Gretchen is one of today's most influential and thought provoking observers of happiness and human nature, who is a highly acclaimed author known for her ability to distill and convey complex ideas from science to literature to stories from her own life with levity and clarity. She has sold millions of copies of her New York Times bestselling books. She has had more than 220 million downloads of her Happier with Gretchen Rubin podcast and has an enthusiastic following on her newsletters and social media and all the other things, including the Happier app. She is an experienced and sought-after speaker and makes regular appearances across the media landscape. She was nice enough to come to one of the book fairs that I hosted back in the day before I had a bookstore at my apartment. Anyway, I hope that you enjoy... This interview, I hope that you check out her latest book, Life in Five Senses, which is available now. And by the way, I got mugs for all of these four tendencies for my kids, myself, Kyle, and we still have the mugs everywhere. And as I was packing up my son from boarding school this weekend, he still had his mug like front and center on his desk. It's really sweet. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Christian. Thanks so much for coming back on Moms No Time to Read Books. I'm so happy to be talking to you again. <laughs> <laughs> so, for people listening, I basically begged Gretchen to come back on the podcast to discuss the four tendencies more. We had this great event together for parents in action. And while talking about the four tendencies types, I realized that one of each of my kids was one of the four different tendencies. And then I went home and tested everybody. And I was right. That is what happened. Um, Wow! So I was like, I need to talk to Gretchen about how to parent kids with four different tendencies and what that means for a family. And then realized, of course, I can't be the only one who has to parent kids with different types and what I could learn and what I could then share with everyone else about it. So Gretchen, the four tendencies. Why don't you start out for people who haven't read it and tell when it came out and how you decided on writing that book and how these four tendencies appear in different people. So what people should look out for.
3: Yeah. So I I sort of stumbled across this aspect of human nature when I was working on my book Better Than Before, which was all about how to make or break habits, because I started noticing these very distinct patterns when I was talking to people about how and why they could or couldn't break a habit and and kind of the light bulb moment was when a friend said to me the weird thing is I know I'm happier when I exercise and when I was in high school I was on the track team and I never missed track practice so why can't I go running now Mm -hmm. and I thought okay well why I can I can have a lot of hypotheses about why that would be but what's really going on and that's what led me to the four tendencies so I will briefly describe them. Probably most people will know what they are right away. You've got one of each at home. We could do Game of Thrones characters. <laughs> th- these are very obvious once you know. But there is a quiz. If people want to like take a quiz and get a report and an answer, you can just go to GretchenRubin.com slash four tendencies, F-O-U-R tendencies or Gretchen Rubin quiz. And you can take th- like three and a half million people have taken the quiz. It's free. It's quick but I'll explain them quickly and, and most people can know what they are.
0: You can, you can even take the quiz while you are listening to us. You Just can, Open yes. a new browser window and listen yeah. at the same time. Mom do not don't have time to take a quiz. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: do both. So what this looks at is it sounds very dry, but it turns out to be really juicy, which is how you respond to expectations. So we all face two kinds of expectations, outer expectations like a work deadline or a homework request from a, par- from a teacher or inner expectations, my own desire to keep an Year's resolution, my own desire to get into meditation. So depending on whether you meet or resist outer and inner expectations, that's what makes you an upholder, a questioner, an obliger, or a rebel. So upholders are the people who readily meet outer and inner expectations. They meet the work deadline or the school assignment, and they keep the New Year's resolution without much fuss. They want to know what other people expect from them, but their expectations for themselves are just as important. So their motto is, discipline is my freedom." So these are the kids who you don't have to remind them to, you know, take their gym clothes or to do their homework. They just do it. So then there are questioners. Questioners question all expectations. They'll do something if they think it makes sense. So they resist anything arbitrary, inefficient, unjustified. They have to know why. They're always looking for reasons. They tend to love to customize So they're making everything an inner expectation. If it makes sense to them, if it meets their inner standard, they'll do it, no problem. But if it fails their inner standard, they will push back. And so their motto is, I'll comply if you convince me why. So these are the kids who are told, you ask too many questions. And the adults who are told, you ask too many questions. Then there are obligers. Obligers readily meet outer expectations, but they struggle to meet inner expectations. So this is my friend on the track team. When she had a team and a coach counting on her, she showed up, no problem. When she's trying to go on her own, she struggles. And so anybody who says to themselves, I don't understand why I can keep my promises to other people, but I can't keep my promises to myself or they worry about like taking time for self-care or making themselves a priority, this is all signs of obliger. Um, And so the big secret for obligers is even to meet an inner expectation, you need outer accountability. You want to read more, join a book group because you, you want to read more, do a podcast where you have to talk about what you read because obligers need outer accountability even for inner expectations. So their motto is you can count on me and I'm counting on you to count on me. And then finally, rebels. Rebels resist all expectations, outer and inner alike. They want to do what they want to do in their own way, in their own time. So they can do anything they want to do. They can do anything they choose to do. But if you ask or tell them to do something, they're very likely to resist. And typically, they don't like to tell themselves what to do. Like they don't sign up for a 10 a.m. spin class on Saturday because they think, well, I don't know if I'm going to, what I'm going to feel like doing on Saturday morning. And just the idea that it's on my calendars is is annoying to me. So their motto is you can't make me and neither can I. (laughs) So those are the four obliger is the biggest tendency for both men and women. And rebel is the smallest tendency. It's a conspicuous tendency, but it's a small tendency. So I'm an upholder and you're an obliger if I remember correctly. Yes. Okay. So and so, and then you have one of each as a, a in your in your house. I do. We should. like gold star to exam. you to you pegged them all accurately.
0: I do. So yeah. So there you go. There you go. It's yeah. like once you said it. This I swear this has been the most impactful discovery about my children ever. Oh. Like in terms oh. of how I parent them, Ooh. and so I'm so, so grateful to you because it changes the way. I mean, you're always with your kids customizing sort of communication without even thinking about it, right? Like I know to do it this way with this kid and this with this kid. But this provides not only a framework for me, but because we all know now which one is which and what that means, I can say like, okay, well, I'm explaining this to this kid because, you know, that's what questioners need. You know, I know you don't need that. So don't even listen. But in terms of, and I know you you already write about this in the book and, you know, everything, but in terms of learning how to parent, especially a type who is not yours, or actually even harder is like figuring out how to motivate the child of mine who is most like me when I totally relate to the same struggles and I haven't mastered it myself. So like, what do you do when you see the same issues and someone you love that you you can't fix in yourself? Like, what would you say to that in terms of these types? Uh, well, it's really interesting that you say that because people often will talk about
3: what it's like to parent someone who's the same tendency or like how to cross over, especially one that's like the opposite tendency. So sometimes I do think it can give you insight because you're sort of like, you you kind of get it from the inside. But you're right, like with anything with parenting, sometimes it's sort of like, it's so painful to see our own struggles sometimes in our children that sometimes like that itself can be a parenting challenge. Like you have bad memories associated with something like not being good at sports. And so seeing a child, it's like so painful to you that Mm -hmm. it's like adds this whole other element. But I do think what I like about the four tendencies is that it's kind of impersonal. So in a way it takes it out of like, you're like me or like, or like, we're having a conflict as spouses or something. It's just like, well, you know what? This is a thing. This is a pattern that you see with obligers. This is not peculiar to you. You're not behaving this way because you don't care about me or you have no consideration or you just like don't make any sense. It's like, this is just a way that some people approach the world. All of these tendencies have strengths. All of them have kind of weaknesses and limitations. So to me, it kind of takes the sting out of it because it's more like, yeah, this is how some people are. Let's figure out how to deal with it rather than like, what are you doing to me? Like what, like my husband's a questioner and a lot of times questioners don't like to answer questions, which is ironic but true. And <laughs> I used to really be like, like, what does it mean about a relationship that you can't just like, I just ask you to do something and like everything is a conversation. Everything is a debate. Like, mm-hmm. isn't it enough that I just ask you? If you ask me, I'll just do it. Like, and then I'm like, now I'm like, oh, he's just like that with everybody. Mm. And I benefit from it in many ways. Um, but so, how has it come up in your parenting? I, I'm fascinated by this that you have one of all. That's unusual in my in my observation. Right? Yeah, I know. It is it's crazy. So, what's your husband?
0: My husband's the same as me. We're both obligers. Okay. Ooh, some of the happiest marriages I know are two obligers. Really? Oh. Yes. yeah. Because they're both trying to make each other happy or something.
3: Kind of. Yeah. And they and they kind of they kind of help each other. I don't
0: know. Which I just noticed that pattern. It's a, it seemed. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm trying to get everybody to do the same thing at the same time is Ooh, when it's yeah. particularly okay. Paralympics there. Yeah. yeah. Well, like getting in the car because we're gonna go to like my book event or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, why do we have to leave now? So yes. I know like the one upholder, I yeah. just say the time, it's done. Yeah. This is what no questions asked. Sometimes right. <laughs> later, like why did we have you know, why did yeah. we have to leave at that time? Cause now we're here early. And I'm like, I'm, but no, no question beforehand.
3: Right.
0: So that's easy. That's the easiest one. And then the obliger wants to just do everything. I I say it's yeah. totally fine. Like no question because it's I'm external to that kid, right? Right, right. So the questioner, I have to be like, here's why we're going. This is why it's important to me that you're there. This is why we have to leave. This is why yeah. usually we leave at this time, but because it's Friday and there's traffic and blah, blah, blah. Yes. blah this is why. So I have to aim that whole targeted communication to that child. So now in my head, I'm budgeting more time, just a little more time to like focus and like address before it comes up. And there's any kind of, you know, questioning. So it's like heading that off at the pass. And then with the rebel, it's like a loose, it's it's a, it's an unknown. It's, you know, that's the hardest one, but I'm like, this kid is not being oppositional on purpose. I have to make this like, something savory and fun that they'll want to opt into on their own and not feel like they're being forced to do. So I have to find something else about the event that appeals to them directly. So at my book event, for instance, I was like, you know, we're going to this book event. I know you love children's books or whatever. They have a huge section of children's books. Mm -hmm. And I think it'd be really fun if you were to browse that section while I go do my event and, you know, and they're like, oh yeah, I do love doing that. Could I get this kind of book or something? And I'm like, you can, because actually I was gonna order that for you. So
2: right.
0: it, it's almost like turning it not to make it self-centered for that job, but just the value add for them that like maybe I don't need to position it that way. It's about positioning. It's a yeah, it's like event, it's like event yeah. positioning messaging. Right. And
3: another thing, because because you you're, you talk about the rebel, and I will say that I think the rebel tendency is the most different from the other three. And I think for a lot of people, because and it's the smallest tendency, so I think that for a lot of people, kind of understanding the rebel mentality can be challenging. And I think they do sometimes. It's misunderstood as being selfish or something, where it's really just like it, it's really like I'm going to do what I want to do. And 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 there's so much power to that. But a couple other ways to think about it, just like as you're navigating, help me, help me. me. Yeah. 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 So one is like, why do you want to do this? You're like, you want to do this because it's some minute for you. So that's good. Another thing to think about is identity. Identity is super important Mm -hmm. to rebels. Like they really want to put their values out into the world. And so something about like being a loyal family member, Mm -hmm. um, someone others can count on someone who shows up for the people they love, things like that. Like it's really, this is a big moment in my life. It's, it's like, I'm, it like means so much to me that like all of you are here i really that really is important to me it's like well i want to do that i want to do that out of love for you i want to do that because my identity is that i'm that kind of i'm that kind of person so this is kind of, i'm an environmentalist i'm an athlete i'm a person who respects her body i i'm an animal lover mm-hmm. i'm a strong boss i'm i'm receptive to other people's ideas like these kinds of things are really important to rebels. And so they will behave in ways that are consistent with their values. And sometimes you just have to point out with somebody like this is, you know, and a lot of times rebels will choose to do something just out of love for you. They're choosing to do it because it's important to you. And sometimes it helps to frame it that way. Like like a friend of mine, like she wanted her husband to go to like a really boring client dinner with her, which like he absolutely did not want to do. And she's like, I'm really nervous about this dinner. Like, I feel a lot better when you're with me. Um, I feel like you make a great impression on people. It's just, it would really mean a lot to me if you came. And then it's like, he chose to do that out of love for her. Like, you know what I mean? Whereas as an upholder, I'm like, well, if spouses are supposed to attend, I guess I gotta go. You know, like, I don't need that conversation. Right. And then the other thing is information consequences choice, which is something like, and this, in this case, you might not want to say something like, if you're not at the car at 630, we're going to take off without you. I'd love for you to be there. But, you know, if you're not there, you know, I got to I, I can't let down the audience. So we're going to go. And and then you just leave them behind. Sometimes that kind of thing can work and can be fine. Sometimes you're like, yeah, I can't I can't play with that fire. But information yeah. consequences choice is sort of like this is what happens. if You you know, like something like, look, you know, if you if you want to apply to college, like there's so many excellent colleges. I think you would love like we can look around and see your choices colleges are interested in high, high scores and like good grades and a cool, and a, like an interesting essay. And if having a lot of choices is important to you, then that's the kind of thing a person needs. Um, kind of like, okay, you know, it's like balls in your court. So those are things to think information consequences. I have tried awesome. that
0: with the rebel, by the way, leaving uh, and Oh, saying, okay. Well, I understand, but like, we all have to go and you'll just be here. Yeah. And- I've actually, it's been more than one time because every time I try that by the time I'm like pulling out in the driveway or something, I hear like a knock on the window or yeah,
3: <laughs> there you I go.
0: I really was going to go. Right.
3: So. That's the thing. Okay. But you said something very important. These cannot be idle threats. No, no. I was, and you can't, and you can't rescue at the last minute. You kind of can't say it. And then at the last minute, fix it it's gotta be something where you're like the, because what's key is that the consequence falls and it's not a punishment. It's just, this is the consequence. The consequence is like, I've got to leave the house at a certain time. Yeah. Like, and the consequence is you're either in the car, you're not in the car. It's not punishment. It's just like, that's just a natural consequence, but you have to be willing to follow through. Like another friend of mine was saying his wife was a rebel and she never paid their cable bill. And then he's like, but the problem is, then my cable gets turned off too. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well then you just have to let that happen. Because if at the last minute you're paying the cable bill, like what's the problem from, yeah. her, from her standpoint, she's saying.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off.
2: BlueNile.com,
1: code LISTEN.
2: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing, so we made ByHeart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
0: when those person, when I watch, when the tendency types clash, it's creating the most conflicts between the kids of anything. Right. So like Ooh, when like, we're out the door, the upholder is like, come on, like, yeah. you know, yeah. and not patient necessarily with like, and can't even understand why the other kids are not like yeah. running out too. So what yeah. do you do? And like, it's not just me, right. You have yeah. like, there's this whole ecosystem and this yes. kind of Families, but to you know, groups of you know, college kids or whatever yeah. it is, right. Well, that's so true. And it's funny that you point out the upholder
3: like that, because as an upholder, I know, like we're often considered kind of inflexible and rigid and also sort of judgmental. And if I were that, if I were your kid, I would be like so outraged. I'd be like, yes. mom said we had to go to 30. Like, yes. why am I wasting my time? I've been standing here for 20 minutes. I could have been reading on the sofa. Like that's what's going exactly on here? What people happened. are like, why are you so rigid? What yes. does it matter if it takes an extra 15 minutes? And the questioner's is like, I think if we leave 15 minutes later, maybe we'll beat the traffic. And you're like, oh, my gosh, just get in the car. Yes. Uh, I mean, this is this is life, right? This is what happens when you have more than one person together. These, these, these different perspectives emerge. Um, and if you want to see this, uh, go to an office kitchen and consult the posted signs about how people feel about who loads the dishwasher with the dirty coffee mugs, because you will see all of these things playing out. And I think it's real, I think it's really hard. And I do think, I think that understanding the tendencies can, again, kind of take the sting out of it. One thing I think to be very aware of, especially with like someone like you has like several children is you don't want to be unfair to your upholders and your obligers because they're the ones that are going to most readily do what you tell them and give them more tasks and chores and unpleasant things than the questioners and the rebels, because it's just more of a hassle to get them to follow. It's a pain sometimes to have to explain to somebody why you're asking them to do something when you're like, you should just do it because I'm your mother. It's like, that's not going to fly with a questioner. And a rebel is like, let's play this out. Like, Bring it on. Uh, I don't want to do that. And I'm going to see like, you know, you can't make me even though you're mom, you know. And so I do think that sometimes it can get unfair because you just sort of naturally go to the person who's the most uh, cooperative and that in a family isn't fair. And certainly children and adults, too, but certainly children are very aware when things aren't fair. And so it's, it is something to be really aware of and, you know, and questioners and, and and rebels themselves respond to fairness. So if you say something like, look, you know, the dishwasher has to get like, it has to get unloaded. And, you know, y- your brother and sister are saying they've, ar- they've already done it three times this week. Like, why is it fair that you don't have to do it? And then they're like, well, Maybe we don't need to unload the dishwasher. Maybe we should just take dishes out of the dishwasher like as we need them. Like, why go through this whole rigmar? Why make my bed every day when I just unmake it? And you know, and 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 you can you kind of have to go through that sometimes. But I think it does lead to a lot of conflict when
0: um they just see things from a from a very different perspective. But then how do you I mean, that was just my kids. And their kids, right? So I can yeah. still intervene, and they will yeah. grow up. But some adults with their spouses mm-hmm. have the same levels of frustration, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's not like it ends. Are there certain combinations? Like I'm thinking, you should really intervene as people are dating, right? Like mm. there should be something, some mm-hmm. quiz people take before they get married, right? You yeah, should yeah, yeah. give like the you're about to get married. Here's the yeah. four tendencies quiz, yeah. you know, like yeah, you know, yeah. four tendencies yeah. for newlyweds or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, think about it. Right.
3: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, obligers are like kind of the type O and it's O for obliger, but it's also O like universal donor because they pair up the most easily with all the other tendencies. Mm -hmm. Um, And in particular, when one person is a rebel, whether that's in like a a romantic relationship or maybe like in a founding team, Mm -hmm. if one person is a rebel, almost always the other person is an obliger. Interesting. Uh, That's a very, that's a very persistent, like I would never say never, but that's kind of overwhelmingly the pattern. Mm -hmm. one combination that tends not to work very well is, is a polder and rebel because they just see the world in such different ways and they, they want to work in such different ways. So an upholder is like someone who, who loves planning and calendars and to-do lists and execution and kind of having a plan and following through and rebels, they like, they love spontaneity. They want to feel things through. They like, they want, you know, they want to take advantage of like the moment, and it's just like especially in the workplace, maybe in romance, they they kind of don't even hook like match up that much. They don't match up that much except in like certain very specific exceptions, which is funny that the exceptions themselves are like so predictable. But like at work, you, you often hear someone saying like, oh, it's really hard to work for my rebel boss or I'm a rebel. How, am I, how do I deal with this upholder that's like bossing me around? They just they they do have a hard time because they just tend to thrive in very, very different circumstances. And so like in a big team, you could say, well, we need a little bit of everything. But when it's like, just like in a one-on-one combination, sometimes that can be tricky because uh, they just work in a different way. Oh, but you know what? You you mentioned something that I thought was like a great example of like how you could use this in the workplace. Like you said to your kids, to some of the kids, I'm going to explain like why we're leaving at 630, but other kids, like you don't have to listen to this. It's Mm -hmm. a good thing to do at work. You can say like, hey. I mean, I'm here to explain this to you if you care, but if you want to go back to your, your, your desk and you don't really like, you don't have to sit through this. Cause a lot of times you're like, why am I listening to this? I don't care. Totally. Just, like, yes. okay. I want corporate to figure this out. I, I don't have to understand like the rationale behind the software program, but some people are like, Hey, I'm not switching the software programs. So you convince me this is a good choice. It's like, so we can tailor that. So that some people don't get frustrated and feel like their time is wasted, but then other people feel like, well, I want to understand the rationale behind an important choice, and 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 both of these things are valuable. We we want you know to be part of organizations or families where people make choices for reasonable reasons, Mm -hmm. but
0: maybe we don't want to hear, maybe we don't want to, maybe we don't have to listen to it. You know, (laughs) are these fixed? Is there any hope that maybe some of my kids might outgrow their type or no?
3: Well, see, here's the thing. I don't think anybody should. I mean,
0: they're all, they all have tremendous strength and, and I'm not, also, I'm not saying I want them to, I'm just yeah. wondering, do people ever cross over to become another type or well, is this like hair color? I, I do say that because sometimes
3: people do want to kind of evolve out and, and I don't think that they do. I, I I really, I believe in the genetic roots of personality. And, and I think this is part of what's hardwired. I think people bring them into the world with them. Mm-hmm. They're obvious in children from often from very, very young ages, so I don't, I, and you're not, I don't think you're one at work and one at home or one at 20 or one at 40. But what I do think is that as people with time and experience, um, people learn how to manage their tendencies better. So they might, they they don't feel the frustration of their tendency as much um, because they've learned how to manage it. So a lot of times obligers will build in just kind of intuitively, they'll build in all kinds of accountability for things that are important to them. And so they they're effortlessly following through on everything that's important because they have the accountability they need. Um, so, so they're not aware that that's something that that's kind of a pressure point because it's, they've just built it into the system. So it just, just happens.
0: Here's my last question of something that really bothers me. So as an obliger, when I am meeting someone for anything ever, Mm -hmm. even just come over, how, how does five sound for dinner? I'm like, we are getting there at five. Right, in my head I'm backchecking like being yeah, yeah, on time yeah. for yes. me is like incredibly important and I'm when I'm 2 minutes late I'm so annoyed and it's Oh, I often. have a great suggestion for you. Tell me. I won't even finish. Go. Yeah, I have the exact
3: same problem and somebody <laughs> told me what to do. Yeah. The problem is you want to be on time, right? Yes. So instead of saying, we'll be there at 5, say, we'll be there between 5 and 5.15, or we'll be there between 5 and 5.30, because often the person on the other end doesn't need that level of certainty. But to you, you're like, if it's 5.02, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late, I'm late. So if you give yourself more of a margin, then you're going to feel like, well, I'm not going to be late until 5.30, but probably you'll be trying to get there by more like 5.00 but you take so much of the pressure off yourself. Mm. And then if somebody's like, "Hey, 5:30 is too late" cuz like we if you know, you need to get here and then we need to take off. Then they can say to you, "What is the proper margin?" and then you and then you know that. But still, it's I I have found it to be so helpful cuz I'm exactly the same way. My anxiety would be for no reason. It didn't matter if I was 5 minutes late, but I would be really worried. Yeah. Needlessly. So give
0: yourself like uh, wiggle room. Okay. What about trying to convince the other person not to be late? Okay. This is really
3: hard. Right.
0: That, that's why my on time thing fails if one of the kids is me or one of the one somebody in the ecosystem is making us late. What do you do to that person well, who's not as concerned about time? Well, there is that whole thing, like for ev- what is
3: it like for every person after the first three had twenty minutes to get anywhere? Like, there's some, <laughs> some, there's some. Rule about that. This this is really hard, and people. There is a huge. I keep meaning to like really think this through about how people have very different senses of time. Mm-hmm. So there's one thing. One is people's senses of time, and one thing is whether people think it matters to be late. Because some people, like especially someone like a questioner, is like, "Well, look, it doesn't matter for 20 minutes late. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to finish up what I'm doing, and like it doesn't it doesn't matter to them. So you have to explain to them why it matters. Like, why you know why why does it matter? So something like if we leave before 6:30, we're going to have so much less traffic. If it's 6:30 or after, like forget it. We're going to be in the car for like an extra hour. Okay, that makes sense. Or, you know, they're planning to start dinner and if everybody is there and we're not there yet, everybody's going to be waiting for us. We're going to feel very self-conscious and we're going to be very inconsiderate. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And even like with the rebel, often if you explain like why something, that again, that's like information consequences choice. It's like, well, if we keep other people waiting, that's rude. But this just sort of this idea of like, I want to get going on my day. That's kind of doesn't really cut it with a lot of people because that's really just your preference, right? They're just like, well, you would prefer to be up and out the door at 930. I would prefer to be up and out the door at 10. Mm -hmm. I prefer to sleep a little bit later. And it's like, why
0: do you get your way and I don't get my way? It's like, well, why? Yeah. And maybe something I need to work on too is like, is it that important? Is it like what you were saying? Like, is this one of those times where we have to be right on time, right? Like a podcast? Yes. Like a dinner party where you're going to be there for three hours. Doesn't matter if you're five minutes late, if you're at someone's house versus a restaurant or, you know, all those things. Well,
3: and, and I realized um, I had a very bad habit where I would sort of like, like, even when we weren't in a rush, I would Mm -hmm. like push, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And it creates this atmosphere of like kind of freneticism or kind of like, why are we running late? Or like, why, why is it that you have to be racing to do these things instead of just like naturally unfolding? Um, and so I really worked on that myself because I was like, why, why am I, I'm just doing this because, so one thing that helped me with that was to like, really have a specific time. Um, especially like when I was walking my daughters to school every day, I, instead of like just sort of starting to speed up because I kind of unconsciously wanted to cross it off my list, I'd be like, we want to leave the house at this time. And so if we were five minutes before that time, there was no need to hurry. Because it wasn't time to go yet, um, so sometimes like having a specific time, it's like it's not even that you leave on time; it's that you're not hurrying early. Because mm. some people, it's like you start oh, hur- hur- yep. hurrying early, okay, which is totally unnecessary. But <laughs> you, can, it's easy to fall into that. At least for me, it's very easy no, to fall into that trap. So this true. happens to me with airports. It's like
0: a I have to be careful, or I will leave like six hours early because I'm like, I, well, I leave so early, right? I mean, so I actually, early. I used to make when it was easier to just like jump on a new flight. I used to always arrive and like hop on the other flight. And then I would end up rushing anyway to make the earlier flight.
3: And it's really good. Oh, this is a problem. This <laughs> happens to me. I will arrive so early that I'm like, oh, there's a train leaving for New Haven in like 10 minutes. Yeah. So then I run. So rushed. then as an upholder, I'm like, do I try to get on that one and yes. like change my change my routine or do I sit here because I don't, I can't, I can't be that flexible. And the answer is I can't be that flexible. So I will watch that train leave, yeah. but I'm so early. Sometimes it's a relief that I, I'm not so early that I I'm faced with that option.
0: Yes. That's so funny. Um, This has been like so enormously helpful to me. Um, Thank you. I hope it's enormously helpful to everybody listening too. Otherwise it's just my own personal like coaching session on life lessons. But um, I really do think all of these interpersonal relations are so great. And this really unlocks the key to more effective communication and that helps improve people's lives. So anyway, well, thank you. Well, I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. And so the
3: book, if you want to read more, the book is The Four Tendencies. And on my website also, I have a lot of like nutshell guides. If you're like, give me one page on dealing with a rebel child or like, what do I do with my questioner husband or whatever? Uh, there's a lot of like cheat sheets there. And then in the book, I go
0: into it all. And and, and anyone stuff. listening should subscribe to Gretchen's amazing newsletters. Oh. Uh, she has many, and you were so kind to include the interview with me this week, which made me so happy. So thank you. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, and congratulations to you once thank again. You. Thanks. All right. Seriously. Thank you and have a great weekend. And now I'm going to go or I'm going to be late for the next thing. <laughs> okay. good. <again. laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. Bye.
2: A better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.
3: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now
1: imagine them getting even softer over time.